And Nicole and I will be speaking on loving one another. Um, just for clarity, as I said, that, um, that's loving one another. It's disciples of Christ, not Nicole and I talking about <laughs> loving one another. That's an entirely different sermon, uh, and, and uh, we won't be going there today. <laughs> um, anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, after the, la- um, the last three weeks, we've been looking at um, how we can follow the, the commands of God in the Bible and be- become increasingly a community that is full of forgiveness for one another, that bears with one another. We've all got foibles and flaws, and we sin. That's the truth. And we need to be a community that's full of love for one another, that covers a multitude of sins. We've seen how God encourages us to be a family that encourages frequently, generously, effectively. We don't want to be those who flatter who just, you know, say nice things so I can get something from you. But we want to stir one another up, yeah, in love and to do good works. That's what it's about. And we, I mean, I'm looking here and I, I love it. We are a family of men, women and children who are from different backgrounds, different races, different nations, different stations in life and different ages And yet there is a genuine affection. It's super encouraging to hear people saying they're picking up on that. And we're going to be talking about that this morning. Loving one another in a kind of way that makes the world say, what is this? These guys and girls must be disciples of Jesus Christ. The way they love one another. That's our hope uh, in the eldership for Redeemer, our hope and our desire is that we are strengthened with love for one another and that we become increasingly known by our love for one another. Now, some of you who are maybe feeling like, yeah, but what about the world? What about the lost world? Absolutely. But as we're going to see as we unpack verses shortly, um, that actually one of the key purposes of loving one another is to show the world Jesus. Yeah. So it's not a holy huddle time. And it's not like, oh, well, if you go all out community, then what about mission? We're a community on mission. Yeah, we're defined by the mission of God. In fact, by the God of mission. And that's how we form community. I'm going to be speaking from our key verses today, which are John 13, verses 34 to 35. So if you've got your Bibles with you, or your phone, or it's all in your memory, um, and if not, it should come up on the screen. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get stuck in. Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that your love has been tangible here with us this morning. Please help me, Father, to preach your word faithfully this morning. I I ask that Redeemer would grow in our love for one another, that we'd be marked out by sacrificial love like Jesus Christ loves, that we would prefer to give honor even than to receive it, that your love in us would lead to transformed attitudes and actions that glorify you. 
May we forgive and bear with one another and put courage in whenever and wherever it's needed for good works. And I pray that Colchester will look in and see that we are your disciples, Lord Jesus, and that many men, women, and children, one at a time, will be saved and added to your beautiful church. Amen. Amen. So John 13, 34 to 35. So um, in looking through these scriptures, I'm going to ask three simple questions. Okay? Um, What is this love that Jesus commands for us to love like he does? Why is it so important that we love in the same way that Jesus does? And how do we express this love for one another? So what is it? Why do we need it? And how do we show it? So starting off with what is it? Well, Jesus here, he's in this setting. He is having his last meal with his disciples. He knows that he's going to face the cross the next day. At this stage, he has just washed the feet of his disciples. That was a lowly task. That was a task for slaves. This was a time where you didn't have your nice shoes and socks and clean feet and athlete's foot cream or whatever. You just had open sandals. There was all kinds of muck on the floor. So it was a lowly task. I think it was symbolic too. You know, as Christians, we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, absolutely. But we need to go back to him now and then for a foot washing. We pick up stuff day by day as we get around. So this was symbolic, but it was very real. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Interestingly enough, at this stage, he sent Judas on his way. He knows he's going to betray him. He said, "Go go and do it. The others don't have a clue, but Jesus knows. But he's even washed his feet. That's staggering. His enemy. And he says, a new command I give you. A new command. In what sense is this a new command? You know, I, I'm sure Jesus knew Leviticus 19, verse 18. I'm certain of it. It says, it says this. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Jesus says, I give you a new command. I give you a new command. I am the Lord. I wondered if John or any of the disciples knew in that moment what he was really saying. I don't think they did until he died and then rose again. And then the light bulbs might have gone on. He is the Lord. Jesus is not repeating a Levitical command. Love others as yourself. He's actually saying, I'm God. I've washed your feet. I'm going to lay my life down for you. And you are to love like me. It's a new command by degree. No one has loved like Jesus. No one ever will live and love like Jesus. And he calls us to love like that. It's a new command by design. Excuse me, I've got a cold. 
I'm sorry. He says, as I have loved you, love one another. He's given the pattern for this love. He's lived a life of love. These guys have lived with this man for three years. They know him. They know how much he he loves them. They're going to find out the true, full extent and degree of that love the next day when he dies on the cross for them. He says, this is the pattern for love. And then a little further on, he says, and I'm going to give you the power to love like this. That's what's new here. He goes on. He says, he said, little children, it's a beautiful phrase, little children, to grown men, fishermen, little children. Where I'm going, you can't follow yet. You will one day. But don't worry. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And that's what's new in this command. Love like God. Well, that's not possible. Yeah, it's not. But I'm going to send the power of God so you can love one another like I've loved you. We can't conjure that up. It's not stuff that you just stir up or that you try and do in your own strength. And that leads us to why. Why do we need to love like Jesus? And put simply, you, I, anyone can only live out the love of Christ if we're living in the love of Christ. In John 15, Jesus said this. He said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And then later he repeats the command. This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. So he's, he's saying, come, enter in to the Father's love. As the Father has loved me, I have loved you, and now you are to love one another in the same love, in the same way, with the same power. He says, I'm the true vine. There's no branch that can produce anything, no fruit if it's broken off. It's dead. It doesn't do anything. But if it's in the vine, it produces fruit. It'll produce Lots of fruit, and it will produce the fruit of love for one another as well. Here's a question. If, if you want confidence, if you want to know, I, I think it was around about when I first was saved 20-odd years ago, I remember hearing, you know, once saved, always saved. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think, I think that's right, early days. And then more helpfully, I've heard, once saved, always following. I was like, yeah, I, I think that's a bit fuller, that's helpful. If you want to know, if you want confidence, am I abiding in Jesus? Is he the true vine in which I'm grafted in? Then ask yourself this, how am I doing with loving those that follow Jesus Christ? How am I doing? You know, especially with those flimsy ones. Yeah, the ones that aren't so impressive or full of faith. Am I loving them? Regardless of how well I get on with them or not. If I click with them, if we are like each other or not. How am I doing in loving them? John writes in 1 John 3.14 that we know that we've passed from death to life because we love our brothers. 
you want to know if you've passed from death to life, if you have eternal life in Christ, if you have the Spirit of God in you, just do a check. How am I doing on loving the people of God, my brothers, my sisters? Do I have a genuine affection there? Or do I have to sort of, well, I don't really like them, but I'm going to love them anyway. I don't think that's biblical. Yeah? Or I really like them, but love's not my thing. That's not biblical. First John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Oh, thanks, John. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Boom, there it is. First John 4.19 to 21. We love each other, one another, because we're really great and really impressive, and we can do that so easily because loving you is easy because you're beautiful, which is true. Um, but no, that isn't why we can love each other. Sorry about that. That was a bit spontaneous. Um, and uh, think like this. I haven't slept much last night, and uh, I've been awake very early. Um, that's my excuse. Um, no, sorry. Back to actually scripture. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. And he has given us this command. Here it comes again. Anyone who loves God must also love their brothers and sisters. Are we getting it? Why is it so important that we have this kind of love for one another? Well, quite simply, it's the fruit of a life that's been born again by God. It's, it's the most profound evidence. <laughs> yeah? The same spirit that cries, Abba, Father, also recognises brother, sister. It's the same spirit that lets you feel devotion to one another. Like in Romans 12 verse 10, it talks about a devotion that's, that you find, if you like, naturally within family. There's a genuine affection. Now, you know, if you've got kids, if you have siblings, um, if you know anyone at all, um, <laughs> people bicker, we argue, yeah? Brothers and sisters do, they fight, and they can be all over each other, but guess what? If my brother, if my sister is in the corner, I'm in there. Yeah? I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to see her shoved around. I'm not going to see him pushed around. He's my brother. She's my sister. I mean, I might still do a bit of that at home myself. You know, kids are like that sometimes. The same spirit, Abba, Father, sees brother, sister. Perhaps you're here this morning, you're visiting, and you, you might say, I, I don't know, or I'm pretty sure I'm not a follower of Jesus. I'm not really sure. Well, then, my hope for you is that you will find yourself drawn to men and women that you see loving one another. That's partly how it happened to me 20-odd years ago. I have no idea at the time 
until later on. Why was it I just wanted to be around these Christians? You know, I never had before. And, and if they knew what I was really like, you know, and what I was probably going to get up to tomorrow, they probably wouldn't want to be around me. But I, I really want to be around you. I want to be with you. You like, There's something about you. There's something about us. And it's the love of one another. It speaks volumes. If you find a family, um, the Pearsons are here this morning. Um, I can't find you now with my eyes. There's so many of you. Um, and uh, yeah, there you are. Um, I was thinking of you guys when I was thinking of this this morning. Um, they're a wonderful big family. And we're a wonderful, fairly big family. And they had us over. It was back in summer. And it was just a lovely time. You know, being with a family that has genuine affection for one another, is easy around each other, has fun with each other, that's the kind of family you're like, yeah, I want to hang out with you guys. <laughs> yeah, not bickering. Not, I'm sure you never do any of this. Um, not, you know, not bickering, not, not backstabbing, not bashing each other up, okay? And that's the kind of people that we're called to be, to be those who love one another. And people are like, I, I, I want to be around you guys. Why wouldn't you? We're, um, we're doing an alpha course at the moment. Um, I'm looking at Sam. He's, he's part of the leadership group. Uh, Mark's there as well. Um, and it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic time. Um, I love doing the Alpha course. I haven't done it in years, and it's wonderful. Um, and I can honestly say I, I can feel affection and love in me, and I can see it in brothers and sisters, and I can hear about it too for these guests. It, it, it feels a bit like I'm beginning to feel the love of a brother or a sister towards you as they're journeying with Jesus and it's a privilege. It's, it's a profound privilege. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> my, my hope and prayer is that they are saved and added to the church. Welcome to the family, I hope to say, to every single one of them. Amen. And this affection, this love, this care for one another, we've spent three weeks unpacking that. It's the same root cause for why we honour one another. Romans 12 verse 10 even says, quite scandalously, outdo one another in honouring each other. And I, I think rather than like rushing around going, I honour you, no, I honour you back, no, I honour you back. I think it's talking about a heart that says, do you know what, I would rather give you guys honour even more than I love receiving it. It's lovely to receive it, but I love to give honour. I think that's what it's talking about. And the thing is, we, we give honour. You know, we, we want to celebrate achievements. We want to celebrate when people do well and do good things. Whether that's small, whether that's big. Deb shared that last week. Absolutely. But we don't primarily give Christian brothers and sisters honour because of what we do, truthfully. We give it because of who they are. She's my sister, he 
he's my brother. I will honor you. I will honor you. In the family of God, there is no room for partiality. And I've been convicted recently in myself, like perhaps where there isn't partiality, but by my behavior, it could seem that way. And I don't ever want to be a stumbling block for anyone. There's no, 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 no room for favoritism. James dealt with it in a church. He, he saw that everyone was like poncing around the rich folk and they were dishonoring the poor folk. He's like, no, it's not on. Roy spoke about it a few weeks ago, that, that God has organized his body, the church, the parts that lacked honor, that perhaps humanly speaking don't look so impressive. Well, God's arranged it so they have more honor, so that care for one another, concern for one another is shared equally. God has seen to it that the parts that lack honor, that just maybe seem a little bit less impressive, have more honor. And the parts that are less visible. When I thought about this, I thought of my digestive system. I like it when it's working well. And when it's not, it's miserable. Yeah, but no one sees it or hears it. I've got a pretty good hair to hair, thanks to my mum and dad. Yeah, um, I don't do much with it. Don't, don't comment on that. But, you know, I, I think I want to know that this is, this is all working well. This is working well in here. Yeah? And, and God's arranged it that those of us who perhaps are tucked away, who are loving and serving diligently behind the scenes, not visible, are honoured more. Hannah, who popped up at the beginning when we were all busy chatting away, is not in the room. She's serving our kids, your kids and my kids right now. She's leading Alpha. She's doing excellently, brilliantly. And week after week, she's reminding those who are serving, the serving team, she keeps reminding us that Jean and Anne are behind the scenes and they're praying and they're praying and they're praying for people they've not even met. And this, this Thursday, she shared it with the guests just to let you know, guys, there's these two wonderful ladies, Jean and Anne, and they've been praying for you. They've been praying for you. They haven't even met you. You're loving them into the kingdom of God. I love the culture in Alpha, honoring one another, showing that honor in front of people outside of the church. It's love that makes them go, you guys, you guys must be disciples of that, that Jesus Christ, right? It's beautiful. It affects them profoundly. So thank you. Well done. Keep going. Keep praying. Finally, I'm going to invite Nicole up. And we're going to look at how we show, how are we going to express this love for one another. Thank you for bearing with me. You've done really well. Nicole's got a few helpful hints. Um, I'll sit down. Um, I just want to share um, 
a useful tool for helping us learn how to express love um, to one another well. Most of my examples, um, despite what Tom said, are about me and Tom because that, I guess, is the closest relationship we've got. But the, this tool can be used for any relationship and within the church, within the body. So there's a, there's a book called The Five Love Languages. You might have heard of it. Um, it's by a pastor, Gary Chapman, and he wrote the book initially for couples in his church but it seems to have gone a very long way because lots of people know about this book now. Um, Tom and I found it helpful in figuring out how to love others well but also um, trying to understand a little bit about how we feel loved so just understanding ourselves Um, and the first the first time we heard about it was during our marriage prep Um, and just kind of getting an idea of the different personalities and characters and how we give and receive love So the five languages, they might be up there, um, are words of affirmation, which is speaking encouragement, honouring each other, which we've heard over the last few weeks, speaking words of adoration, uh, physical touch, which is hugs, a touch on the arm, a pat on the back, might be a bit more if you're married, Uh, acts of service, which um, is helping someone with an activity or doing it for them or finding something to do for somebody that they don't know about yet, but then when they find out about it, it's it's good. Uh, Quality time, which is unhurried time, it's uninterrupted time that is just specifically for that person, and then receiving gifts, which is an obvious one. So just so you all are aware, my language, love language that I prefer is, is <laughs> it's not gifts, actually, you. I love giving gifts. Um, my, my family, my mum, my dad, my, my siblings are all big gift givers. And so I do love giving gifts. But actually, my, my love language is time um, and, and also acts of service. Um, and I feel loved by having that time with people. Now, things vary, don't they? And seasons of life change and life at the moment is a bit bonkers in our family and uh, so time is limited but when I have those little glimpses of time that is how I feel loved. Um, Before Tom and I got married um, we would have these moments of revelation where we work things out about each other and ourselves and one of them was that I um, when I went to Tom with something I was struggling with or I was stressed about I would get a torrent of words from Tom because words is Tom's love language. Um, And I would get a lot of words. I would get a lot of talking. Lots of, it was loving, it was wonderful, it was encouraging. I would kind of come away going, I'm a bit frustrated. Um, And realizing and and working out that actually what I needed in that moment was just time from him to be with me and for me to then work out how how I was feeling um, rather than lots of words. But equally, Tom has had very frustrating times with from me when all he wants is me to say something and I literally have no words whatsoever. So we are all very different and, and God created us very differently. Um, we are working at this still. We've been married 20 years this year in the summer. Um, but it is still the same that Tom does not feel love when I make him a sandwich. Um, and although I have made him many sandwiches and many dinners, that is not how he feels loved. Um, and we are a little bit like chalk and cheese, which uh, for those who are not British is a bit of a stupid British saying about being opposites. Um, so just for example, I'm an, an internal processor. I think about things inside. I don't really verbalize it very much. Tom's an external processor. Tom is very analytical and I'm not. 
I couldn't think of a word for that one. Um, I'm a night owl. Tom's an early bird. I like quality time. Tom likes um, words of adoration and touch. So we are very different, and we've had to learn each other's love languages over the years. And it is like learning a new language. If you learn a new language and it's not native to you, you have to practice it. So we've had 20 years of practice, and we're still learning. So... um, and, and, it's, and, it, and it is good, but it is a heart thing, and it's working on our hearts and going, actually, my way is not the only way. And sometimes I think, oh, why not? But um, it's a good thing that our way is not the only way. So within church, we can use these love languages with each other. We can work out what, how somebody else feels loved. Um, if you are not somebody who feels loved by physical touch, then you will know all the huggers in the church. Because I can point out quite a few huggers in the church because touch is not my primary love language. Um, so you can work out other people's love languages, but it's good to ask. It's really good to ask um, to find out how somebody else feels loved. Um, at Life Group this week, we were at a couple's house. I don't think they're here. Um, but they, they have two children. And when we got there, they had like a stack of Valentine's Day cards. Um, so they've got two kids, two mum and dad. Um, and we were like, why? Why have you got so many cards? Uh, and they said, it was because their little boy, who's about six or seven, he loves to celebrate. And he wants to make the most of every opportunity to celebrate. And so they all give each other a card. So there was a lot of cards, which is lovely. And his love language, his little boy's love language, is probably time. He loves to celebrate. He loves to spend time with his family celebrating, which is lovely. And it's really great when you can nail this with your children and they feel loved because you're loving them in the way that they can feel loved. It's really special. Um, One of my children are here. They will tell me I haven't quite nailed that yet either. So we're all a work in progress. So loving one another comes from knowing who we are in Christ and knowing who our brothers and sisters are in Christ. And, And as a fellow image bearer of God, we love each other and have affection for each other, like Tom was saying. Um, but it takes intentionality and it takes thought. It takes time to work out how to love each other so that that other person can receive that love. Um, I'm quite good at um, making food for people, things like that. But that's my, that's my love language and I, I like doing acts of service for people because that's how I receive love. But you might not feel that at all if I make you dinner. Um, so... Um, It takes intentionality. Um, Loving one another, as we've heard through the whole of this series, is what we've been called to do as children of God. We're called to love one another. And being married to one of the elders here, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that these elders, they really do love you. They really do love you. And it is only through Christ and in Christ that they can love you because they are just men. Um, But I know that their hearts and their lives are are spent on loving you, and it's really good. It's really, really good, and it can only come from God. And we, we know Tom said, and we've heard it through this series, that Jesus spent time with those he loved. He served them. He washed their feet. He spoke words of affection over them. He hugged them. He greeted with them a kiss, with a kiss. And when he, when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit as a gift. So Jesus did all of these things, all of these, these love languages for us, and he, he doesn't leave us as we are. He doesn't go, oh, well, you're, you're doing all right. 
He keeps working on us and we keep being sanctified to become more like Jesus. And we are learning to love like Jesus. And we will continue to be learning, learning to love like Jesus has, which is the perfect love. Um, I don't know about you, but when I'm empty, when life is stressful and things are hard and life's weighing down, it becomes all about like me, myself and I, all on my own. It comes all about how my needs are not being met. Um, but when we focus and when we are... Um, spending time in dwelling in the love of Jesus, in knowing how much he loves us, in knowing how much he cares and he delights over me and he's interested in me. When I really think about that, it makes it so much easier to love others, like so much easier, easier to give of my time and my um, gifts or uh, acts of service when I know that and I'm investing in who he is and who he, how he loves me. Thank you, Han. Um, it's rather lovely hearing you speak. Uh, and no, it was really beautiful. Um, well done. Um, gosh, yeah. Are you speaking my language? Am I speaking your language? <laughs> Let, let's be thinking about that. Let's um, take some time. There's an there's online resource, I think, that you can go on. Quiz. There's an online quiz you can do. You just type it in five love languages and you can learn what your love languages are. But what's really fun is when you start learning what other people's love languages are. And you might suddenly discover, I've been screaming at you, I love you, but for some reason you haven't heard it. Maybe you haven't been speaking the same language. Yeah? Or she or he might have been screaming at you how much they love you and you just haven't heard it. It's a different dialect. So give it a go. It's, it's super helpful. Um, it's a great way to be a bit creative about loving one another, loving brothers and sisters. We're going to be sharing communion shortly um, this morning. Um, and I just want to encourage you, um, when we get to it, Hugh's going to lead us in that, that if you have anything uh, against a brother or sister in this room here this morning, um, talk about setting yourself up, um, but <laughs> including with me, then please, in a spirit of reconciliation, make sure you speak to him and her and, and say what, what's been troubling you, what the problem is. Okay, in a spirit of reconciliation. Yeah, that's what it is to be one who's eager to maintain unity in a bond of peace. And if you, if you need help with that, then please see, see Hugh or me or Nicole. We'll happily help you with that. If you just need somebody to listen to you, and pray with you, then grab somebody and they'll do that. Maybe this morning you could walk across the room and encourage somebody. You know, give them a hug. Give them some encouraging words. Give them a wad of cash. <laughs> um, whatever it is. I think, that, does that count as gifts? <laughs> I'm just, hint, hint. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, express love for them. Yeah. Um, and that would be a great time, you know, while we're doing communion. I've just set it up for chaos now. Hugh's leading in the communion bit. Um, yeah, do that this morning. So I'm going to just sum up. Um, you know, Jesus has called us to love like he loves. He's shown the pattern for love and he, he gives us the power to do it. And he says, abide in me. Abide in him, the true vine. Abide in his love. Nicole really beautifully described, you know, when her focus 
when any of our focus gets stuck on us, if we look to him, if we draw on him like a, a, a branch drawing on the vine, the fruit of love for one another will come. We love him, we'll experience the love of the Father and we will gladly love others that way. Let's be creative, let's grow in this and be attentive to one another's needs. Be proactive, I need to grow in being proactive. I love some of you, some of you are so helpfully provoking in this way. It's like, you know, just that you, you asked me a question before and I think, well, I was thinking of that. I was going to ask or whatever. I wish I'd got in there first. Um, and it's helpful. Um, or I'm like, God, I hadn't, thank you. I hadn't even thought of asking for that. But you were, you were so on it. Being proactive is a huge blessing. Being intentional, as Nicole had said. Let's think about, ask yourself, how can I encourage that guy over there? That, that, that lady over there? How can I encourage them? How can I honour them? You know, when Jesus got down at the feet of his disciples, you have to lower yourself. Even if somebody sat down, you have to be lower than them. And that, I know about you, it could just be me. I don't think it is. That's not easy to do by our human nature. We don't want to be below others. We want to be, he says, standing on a... We want to be above others. <laughs> I feel like I should be down here now. You know, by our human nature. But Jesus says, I wash your feet. Wash each other's feet. I've laid my life down for you. Lay your life down for one another. Look for God's grace in each other's life. Uh -huh. You know, that might be hard to do sometimes, okay? <laughs> Some of us have messy lives and, and life gets messy sometimes, but look for God's grace in each other's lives, flawed as they are. 1 Corinthians 13, super famous at weddings. You know, love is kind. <laughs> love is patient. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking or easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. In love, there'll be times where we've got to correct one another because we make mistakes and we may make errors. Love means that we're going to have to step in sometimes for each other. Don't go that way, brother. Don't do that, sister. We're going to have to stop, stop each other from sinning. You know, we pray, don't we? Father, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Well, my hope and prayer is that increasingly it will be faithful brothers and sisters that, that warm me, that hem me in, and that help me in a holy life that lead me not into temptation, but say, no, this is the way. Walk in it. Come on. I need that. You, many of you, all of you need that. So let's do that. Love hopes for the best. Pray for one another. Pray for one another and pray for one another. Everyone can do that. Even if words aren't your love language. 
Yeah? Pray for one another. And as we see God's grace at work in our lives, let us celebrate together. Bless you guys. I love you because God first loved you. <laughs> Hugh, over to you, bro. Thank you, guys, for serving us so, so well. Um, love everything you've said. So this wraps up our One Anothering series. Um, and so just as a final comment, we've generally painted a positive picture on these things, and that's absolutely right. The other side of it is church community that's healthy doesn't happen without that because we do have an enemy. And the number one way the enemy gets in and disrupts the church is relational dynamics. It is the story under the story every single time. So this is about you, your flourishing, your honoring of Jesus. Yes, but there's actually a bigger picture here. For us to become all that God has called us to be and to be a blessing to the world, we need to deal with stuff between us to honor Jesus, but also to guard ourselves against anything else. So thank you so much for serving us, guys. You did brilliantly.